Hey everyone, it's your personal brain trainer. Just wanted to jump in before we start the episode to let you know if you or anyone you know wants to start a podcast, Matt was actually nice enough to include a promo code at the end of the episode, so make sure to listen for that. We also got to have a fun conversation with Matt about the podcast that almost took down Pinecast back when it was just starting. And if you want to listen to that, please head over to our Patreon at bit.ly forward slash STSS Patreon. With that in mind, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sweating the Small Stuff, a show where we sweat over the details to make our world richer. I'm your personal brain trainer, Cameron Buzar-Jamari, and today I'm joined by a very, very special guest that I'm honestly so excited I actually get to interview because <laughs> he is the guy who makes, in a very big way, this podcast possible. And so I would like to introduce Matt Basta. Is it Basta? Um, you know, I say Basta uh, only because nobody knows how to spell Basta, and it's just infinitely easier for everybody involved if it's how can no one know how to spell it it's pasta you know, with a b some people they throw it an h in there some people they they spell it with a w or an o and it it just doesn't work <laughs> it's basta is completely unambiguous as absolutely i can't I, I feel like i can't believe that but i think there's a lot so, so let's step back you are <laughs> The founder and creator and visionary behind the what I consider to be like my favorite pine or podcasting platform, which is Pinecast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I started it um, sort of as a just a, a project for sort of myself in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a group of friends. Uh, my buddy messaged me one day out of the blue. Um, we knew each other in college. We were both uh, at the same school um, in computer science. Um, and he was sort of active in the computer science department. You know, three years out of college, hadn't spoken to him once. And mm-hmm. he Facebook messaged me and said, hey, do you want to do a podcast with me? And my immediate reaction was, <laughs> he's going to record one episode, realizes that it's hard, <laughs> uh, you know, doesn't ever want to do another one. Um, and lo and behold, like I did the first episode, then we did the second episode and third and fourth and fifth. Um, and maybe a dozen episodes in, I was like, holy crap, this guy is like... <laughs> really serious about this. It actually surprisingly ended up in the Apple podcast new and noteworthy for video game podcasts for nice. a week. Um, and I, I was sort of surprised, you know, like it, it got a bit of attention and we were, I think six months in, uh, you know, once weekly and the hosting service that he was using was like a friend of a friend had like gotten him his own like podcast hosting platform for free. And the guy was like, I'm just not interested in this anymore. Uh, it's called signal leaf. Um, mm-hmm. And so he was shutting it down. And I said, what are you going to do? He's like, well, I'm looking at Libsyn, but it's like 13 bucks a month or something. And then there's like Podbean, but you get like, a hundred megabytes a month. And I was like, a hundred mm-hmm. megabytes. And I was like, it's the year 2015. Like you can get a gigabyte of storage on Amazon S3 for nine cents. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. insane to think about. Yeah. It's like, what is it? An RSS feed? Like, come on. <laughs> uh, so I'm an engineer and uh, just in my spare time, I sat down and I built the first version of Pinecast. It actually wasn't called Pinecast. Um, so this buddy, he wanted to offer a podcast editing service and he had bought the domain name and everything and it's so bad. Oh my God. 
He wanted to call it Podmaster. <laughs> okay, so that's definitely an excellent marketing strategy. I see it already. Yeah. Um, so he's he's trying to make Podmaster work. And I'm like, you know what? As long as you're doing this, like, why don't I offer hosting as part of you know your service? And so it'd be hosting.podmaster.io of all domain <laughs> names. Um, and his Podmaster idea died off. So before we get really into the rich history of Pinecast, I want to just take a sec to explain to anyone listening who doesn't know kind of about like what this platform really is. So <laughs> Pinecast and most of these other platforms you mentioned, like Podbean and Lipson and stuff, they're basically a place that will give you an RSS feed and store your audio for you. So when you go to listen to my show or you go to make your own show, you don't have to figure out storage and you don't have to figure out how to set up a lot of the infrastructure you need to make a podcast. You just go, you get an account, you create the RSS feed, name your show, set the description, and you can just start uploading episodes and people who have your RSS feed link will be able to get them. And I just wanted to say that real fast because if someone's out there and has no clue what we're talking about just yet, then I'm <laughs> sure they're totally lost. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, that's really all there is to it. I mean, behind the scenes, it's just serving an RSS feed and, and giving you um, some storage. I mean, people host podcasts on Dropbox, you know, they put their MP3 mm -hmm. files in a Dropbox folder and, you know, manually curate this text file of XML. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't, in my experience, last very long. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, we, we were running this, um, and it was just us. I was actually digging through some of the history. And I realized up until like 2016, like the way you signed up was you just like punched in your name and email address and requested a beta invite. And then I manually like went through and emailed folks and was like, hey, so I heard you're interested. <laughs> um, my buddy, he was the, the lead designer of the company I was working at at the time. And he was like employee number two at Groupon. Um, wow. And, and we were good friends. I was working on the project that he was trying to push through. And he kept asking me about about this. And he's like, you got to change the name. You got to get rid of that stupid name. So I came up with three or four names. I did a Google consumer survey. Um, and I sort of tested them to see like which one sounded the best. Mm -hmm. um, and Pinecast was actually number two and I didn't like number one. <laughs> <laughs> so I went with Pinecast. Uh, and it worked out well. Uh, you know, I think the day that I opened it up so that people could actually pay for it. It was exciting because there's like, yeah, you know, we'll see who actually like uses it. And then like four days later, we get a Slack notification that somebody's paid $5 and I like fell out of my chair. <laughs> I was just like blown away and like everybody's cheering. It was, it was amazing. Um, and I think, hang on, I, I think this is like a very important moment because I feel like a lot of people who use your service in... In not as extreme of an extent as the position you're in, but like I think they can empathize with you. Like I am starting a show that I want it to be successful. I want people to come and see it and think, wow, this is something that I get value out of and that has meaning for me. But when you're starting off and you're not really sure who's going to find it or kind of like how your idea really is going to play out in the grand scheme of things, it can be a mix of like incredibly exciting and a little traumatizing. For sure. Yeah. Like, and that was also the moment that it got really real, right? Because mm -hmm. all of a sudden now you have somebody that's paid for a month of service and 
suddenly I was like, oh crap, I need to like set up a customer support email. Like I need a terms of service. <laughs> like I don't have a trademark. Like I, I'm wholly unprepared for this. Like I'm not registered as a business. You know, I just threw this stupid thing up on the internet and, you know, put a payment button on it and here we are. And there's, that's like perfect because those are like, that's what I loved about calling my show Swing the Small Stuff was like when I started it, I sweat over every detail of it and I still didn't cover half the things that you probably still managed to cover and you were still unprepared. So like there are so many things and moving pieces when you're trying to build something this big and I'm just so curious kind of like what your process was for tackling all of it. The absolute biggest pieces for me are the pieces that I can't reason about. Um, So I'm an engineer at heart. I I love building things. I, I tell my coworkers like I write code here at work. I do all of the engineer things that you see me do. And then I go home and I do it for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's not because, you know, I'm trying to like run a side hustle. I mean, I am, but the point is like, this is what I do for fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the The hard stuff for me is the business side. Never, you know, every, every uh, VC company or uh, investor or whatever, whatever, they all recommend, like have a co-founder that can do the business stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, I'm a sole founder. I the only person involved with this company. Like all of the business registrations, it's my name on it. Part of that is awesome. You know, I have freedom to make the decisions I want to make. But on the other side of it, I don't have anybody to tell me you need to price this differently, or you know, like you need to do this thing for taxes, or you need to change the way you're doing accounting. And so one of the big things that I struggled with in the beginning is like setting up a business. Like, how do I start a company? And like, this can't Mm -hmm. be hard, you know, go on Google and search, how do I start a company? And like, there's a million different ways of doing it. Which one's the right one? Uh, I was very fortunate. Uh, I applied to Stripe Atlas, which is a program from Stripe. Uh, And they they actually register your business. They um, set up all the paperwork for you to... Uh, basically like give yourself shares of the company. They get you a bank account, uh, which was another big thing. Um, I'd looked into just like, how do I open a company bank account? And a lot of banks like don't want to offer bank accounts to companies that are one person. Small, small businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Just like some guy in his garage. And so like even that, like, it, it really saved my ass, to be honest. Like as much as people want to say like, this is the strategy, this is how you do it. It always feels like they're just building the plane as they're going, hoping it takes oh, off sure. as before they get to the end of the runway. So like, the, like this is everything I'm hearing right now is just like in my mind, such a departure from what you normally hear. Because a lot of the times you hear like they have this idea and they go really try to build this thing and go. And what I love about Pinecast story is... You just had a good idea that you wanted to get out there and the business kind of came later. Like it wasn't necessarily at the forefront of your mind when you started. Yeah. I mean, and that's sort of pervasive through the whole thing. Um, Like a lot of what I've done for Pinecast has been completely reactionary. All of the, the stuff that's podcasting related or engineering related has been fairly intuitive for me to figure out and build and get into production. Uh, I've been doing this more than two thirds of my life at this point. (laughs) Um, And so like, that was the easy part. The hard part has been like knowing what my customers want. One thing that I discovered probably far later than I should have is 
offering an import tool. That was sort of like a mad scramble. Yeah, and let me just step in for a second and say, when you mention import tool, I'm sure you're referring to like an RSS import tool if I want to say come from Blueberry or Libsyn. That's right. So maybe two months in, I got an email from somebody that had signed up and they're like, hey, you know, I've got this podcast hosted on this other podcasting service and I want to move it to Pinecast. How do I do that? All of a sudden I like went pale. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. Like it's no small task because you have, okay, so it's not just like that you're doing the uh, redirect. You also have to import all the files and the descriptions and the titles for every post and then ideally keep them in order. That's right. So I think for this first customer, I literally went in by hand and like re-uploaded everything and fiddled around in the database to like make it look like it was imported. (laughs) seriously and i was grateful that he only had like eight episodes (laughs) um but that weekend i sat down and i hacked together the jankest you know most minimum viable thing that could be construed as an import tool um and a lot of that has since been replaced or improved or fixed in a lot of cases um you know a big problem for a long time was Everybody does RSS differently. You know, there's the standard and then there's the podcast pieces on top of the standard and then there's the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of cases, the other stuff goes off the rails sometimes. You know, some people do stuff wrong. Some people leave stuff blank. And so handling all of that can be really, really hard. I think that's what's genius about how you've kind of approached it, though, is that you bring your own technical acumen. Like, I just want to jump in real fast and say, I, too, am an engineer. And I have like, I know what it's like when you start on something and you start to see all the beautiful different pieces like, oh, this would be cool to add. This would be cool to add. And then you get that little bit of scope creep going on with these other companies like they are corporate. And so they have a lot of like that pushing them to like kind of like we're going to stick to this. We're going to keep it this tight because this is what's working for us. But with you, like I've noticed since I signed up, it seems like just it's not that you make it up as you go. It's like there's all these little pieces that I'm always so impressed when they show up. Yeah. Part of that is I do this myself, you know, like I, I'm a podcaster too. And like, I know what I would want. Um, And I feel like to some degree I can put myself in the shoes of the user. So it's easy for me to sort of empathize with a lot of folks right now. um, One of the things that I'm sort of grappling with getting customers that aren't part of my target demographic. Um, In the beginning, you know, five customers, 10 customers, you're this scrappy little startup. And literally whatever you throw at these early adopters, they're going to love, right? I first launched analytics and people were like, this is amazing. This is wild. (laughs) You know, by comparison to what I have today, it was not much. (laughs) It was not good either. Um, But Now, uh, you know, like I've gotten emails from folks at relatively big companies that have these uh, podcasts or radio programs or what have you with tens of thousands of subscribers, which is orders of magnitude larger than some of the largest podcasts on Pinecast. And they're like, hey, can you do this, 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 and this? And I'm like, well, I could, but, you know, this is (laughs) me (laughs) also with a full-time job on top of running Pinecast. It's a question of, am I going to burn my evenings and weekends working on these features so I can support a million dollar company or is it going to be me focusing on the little details for my existing users and making it the 
the best service that it can possibly be. It's a real struggle to sort of weigh these decisions because on one hand, I really want to stay true to the demographic that I focused on, which is folks that are either getting into podcasting or have sort of established a a relatively small network, you know, this sort of five to $50 price range. Mm -hmm. Um, Not the folks that are spending $2,500, to host their podcast. And I think that's a big thing. That's like with the proliferation of podcasting now, there are ways to make it free. Like there's anchor FM that I know is started. (laughs) Yeah. And thank you. I, we could do, I'm happy to do a whole tirade on them because I, I respect the free model. I get that. There is a group of casual people who really just want to put something out there or really want to dip their toe in the water. But one thing I love about podcasts is really saying, like, how serious do you want to be about podcasts? Yeah, so this is, this is an interesting thing. And at first I was a little annoyed by it, which is, you know, folks switching away from Pinecast to Anchor. And I know it's because of the price, right? There's no reason other than the price. I, I can go down line by line, you know, feature by feature, and there's relatively little that Pinecast provides as a hosting service that Anchor doesn't or does better. Um, But it's free. You know, how can you argue with free? And so I sort of grew to realize, no, actually, Anchor's sort of doing me a favor, which is taking the users that aren't invested in the service or will otherwise have this lifetime value, so to speak, um, that's relatively low. And taking that on. Sure, please. (laughs) You know, if if this guy's only going to cancel, like, please, you know, you can host these MP3 files. <laughs> um, and like that, that sounds bad. Like I'm willing, I, I'm happy to have you back if you decide that, you know, actually you want these extra features and you want the extra power and you want the better analytics um, and the customer support, so on and so forth. I think the thing that bugs me about Anchor is sort of the misinterpretation and the misrepresentation around it being free. I started this as a bootstrap project, right? This was my weekends for years, literally years. Mm-hmm. Um, I charge $5 because it costs, you know, three something to host your podcast and then Stripe, the payment processor takes a small fee and then money goes to taxes, money goes to growth, money goes to additional services. It's not free to host a podcast. Anchor got VC funding, millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, they were bought by a multi-billion dollar international company. They operate, operated, or I guess still operate at a loss. The way that they make money is what's effectively Pinecast tip jar feature, which allows listeners to send monetary donations to the, the podcast creators. Um, and they take a cut from that. We don't take a cut from that. They're making their money off of your success, whereas we're making our money just taking a small slice each month. Let me let me try and help you here. Like, sure. Kind of like Facebook. Like if it's free, then it's not free. You're the product. Yeah. And in Anchor's case, it's whenever you put out podcasts and make episodes, they have a lot of control over your RSS. They have a lot of control over how they can inject ads, which can really mess with listenership. The way they brand themselves with you is hard to kind of build your own brand that's why i originally i was looking at them and i thought this is just too much and then in the pinecast model there's something about this five dollars that like the way i see it is like you respect me implicitly you're saying you came to me saying you needed a place to host your podcast i'm giving you that and i expect there to be some mutual respect and that you understand that you need to pay for hosting yeah that's that's sort of been the philosophy since the beginning. Um, one of the companies that I used to work at was Mozilla. I worked on the 
app store for Firefox OS. And everything that we did at Mozilla was open source. And so when I started Pinecast, Pinecast was for a long time, 100% open source. Um, it's no longer fully open source. Uh, a lot of the JavaScript is. Um, the reason why it's not open source anymore is because the cost of me maintaining an open source project that is not up to the standards of what you might expect of a large open source project um, is far higher than the benefits that somebody would receive from it being open source. It doesn't have mm -hmm. a community around it as far as open source software goes. Um, so I did make the sort of main application closed source and some of the other tertiary projects. Now um, let me just jump in real fast and explain to anyone listening. Sure. When when Matt says open source, what he's referring to is the fact that you can make basically the repo itself public so that other people can see the code, contribute to the code base, make it better, add new features. And at the end of the day, whoever's in charge of the code base, Matt in this case, would be able to decide whether or not any of those suggested changes actually make it into the final code. But as you're pointing out, like based on the community and kind of what you're doing, that it didn't make sense. Yeah. So, you know, a, a big selling point for a long time that I was pushing was, you know, you can see how the sausage is made. You know, you can see the effort that's gone into this and see the code that powers your podcast. There's, there's nothing hidden. Um, now, not so much, uh, but it, you know, anybody could look, anybody could suggest changes. And while the code isn't open source anymore, I, I really do love the $5 a month model. It's a coffee. It's like it, it's really it nothing. Um, it, the, the whole point has been that the service has been engineered from the beginning to be scalable. I, to this day, still uh, make a healthy revenue off of the $5 a month. Um, one of the things, for instance, that, you know, Anchor says is like, it costs almost nothing. This is actually from the CTO's blog. Um, you know, it costs almost nothing to host a podcast. Why would you pay for uh, hosting? You know, why would you let uh, the larger podcasts that are more popular eat up you know, your $5 a month or whatever, let it be free. Everybody should be free. Um, and the answer is like, no, like there are bigger podcasts that do take up more resources, but even smaller podcasts also take up resources. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I could go on with a line by line breakdown, but you know, I'm not feeding you, <laughs> you know, a line of crap. <laughs> it, it's the truth. And, you know, the $5 a month is an honest amount. I'm not charging you $10 a month. I don't need to charge you $10 a month. I'm giving you a quality service. Um, I'm giving you good customer service. One of the things that I take a lot of pride in is like making the site accessible. If you use a screen reader, virtually all of Pinecast is uh, compatible with screen readers. The screen reader, just to be clear, is the technology that enables people who might be physically impaired or not able to see a monitor, able to interact with the service. The, the philosophy is it. I'm not going to charge you money for something that you're not getting in return, right? If I don't have to charge you ten dollars, I'm not going to charge you ten dollars, and that's why the pricing model is what it is. The fifty dollar a month plan exists for folks that need features that go above and beyond, um, that have significant cost to me, or uh, I, I say me to the business, um, mm -hmm. or involve. I mean, you are the business. Though. That's a fair. <laughs> that's a fair thing to say. It, that's fair. Um, or if. Uh, the amount of time required to do the development goes above and beyond uh, what would be useful to the majority of customers. Um, so you're paying for sort of the engineering time involved, right? Like by me building these features, which are only useful to a very small set of folks, um, it's taking away from development time for the majority of users. That's actually something that 
I sweat the small stuff about, you know, the pricing is, is a huge deal. Um, and I've been talking about changing it for a hot minute. Uh, a lot of customers write in and, you know, they want one or two features from the pro plan, the $50 a month plan, but they don't want to pay $50 a month. I totally get that. The problem is, you know, I've painted myself into a corner a little bit with the billing system and it's either free $5 or $50. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was going to say, is there no opportunity for you to kind of get like, so I know that, um, so when you added the social media feature, the thing that lets you make, uh, mm-hmm. I think they're called, uh, audiograms. Yes. Headliner. Yeah, when you add, yeah, when you added that, basically the service is itself free in a way and that you can go ahead and create the audiogram and you don't charge anyone until they actually go export it. And at that moment, they get charged a dollar. Yeah, that's right. So that was fairly easy to sort of work in. The tricky part is when you're dealing with these ongoing subscriptions. And what I'd love to do is be able to break out all of the pro features into sort of add-ons. And so instead of paying $50 a month and getting everything, you can pay an extra $10 a month and get the pro-level analytics or an extra $5 a month and be able to add people to your account. And that's I think an amazing benefit, but the infrastructure behind the scenes to enable that and to say in every place where I check, are you on the pro plan? And instead I'd say, are you on a plan that includes the ability to have additional people on your account? Um, It's a really big undertaking. Um, Mm -hmm. And then being able to prorate the service and be able to do refunds, partial refunds, um, integrate all of the tools that I have for monitoring uh, upgrades and downgrades and things like that. That was actually something that's something I was confused about with the layout is it seems like you can have like on the $5 plan, you could have technically unlimited podcasts. Yeah. Um, there, there's no limits, uh, to really anything. Um, I originally used to brand it as unlimited everything. And a, a couple people complained because there actually is a limit and that's the size <laughs> of the MP3 file. Um, it was a lifetime supply is not the same as an unlimited supply. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can upload as, as many episodes as you want. That was one thing that I wanted to be like very clear about. Um, it costs next to nothing to store this stuff. And it doesn't make sense for me to say, you can only have one podcast. Or you can only have three podcasts. If you could just upload as many podcast episodes to those one or two podcasts as you want, it's like, fine, just have as many shows as you need. If you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, upload episodes you might as well be able to break them up into separate feeds and that's i i really appreciate that feature because i've thought about like if i wanted to do more stuff that didn't necessarily fit within the realm of this show it's nice knowing that like i would not have to go far to it and do that it's it's a really liberating feature knowing that if you wanted to do more you're not going to be penalized for trying i think this has been an absolutely amazing conversation and i really do want to have you back on but before we go i wanted to ask if you could go back and talk to Matt from when you were just deciding that you wanted to make this what early version of Pinecast a thing, what advice do you wish you could have given yourself to kind of just maybe not necessarily ease the path, but at least prepare you? First of all, there are other people that are going to do things better than you could ever do. Hire a lawyer, hire an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like don't try and use Tax Act to file your 2017 taxes. <laughs> Um, and really dig in and question whether the things that you're doing are the right thing, both technically and from a product perspective. Making assumptions will never serve the business 
um, in any real capacity. You know, like really do your do your homework, do your research on every single decision. That is that is some extremely valuable advice, and I appreciate that it fits into the show's theme of the importance of sweating the small stuff. On that note. Anything you'd like to plug before we go? So if you if you are interested in starting a podcast, Small Stuff Show, all one word, all lowercase, uh, you sign up, the account is free, uh, there's an upgrade button at the top of the page, you'll choose uh, whichever plan you'd like, um, add your payment card info, Small Stuff Show, you'll get your first two months free. And uh, thank you so much. This has been my conversation with Matt, and I'll make sure to say this right, Basta. <laughs> okay. On uh, his incredible origin story creating Pinecast, and I genuinely hope anyone out there is more than welcome to go check it out. If you are a fan of our show, Swaying the Small Stuff, I hope you'll go check out our stuff at Small Stuff Show on all social media. If you have a cool idea for an episode or you want to just get in touch about this episode, please reach out to our Gmail, smallstuffshow at gmail.com. And if you really like the episode and want to throw some money our way, uh, we do have our Patreon, Small Stuff Show. As always, this is your personal brain trainer, Cameron Boozer Jamari, reminding you from movies to media to the world around us, it's details like these that make it worth sweating the small stuff. <laughs> <laughs>